You're tuned into a very special episode of the Comics Pals. Uh, this time around, it is Pete and I, and we are recording an episode that is centered around The Walking Dead. Both Pete and I are fans of the show. Uh, we've been avid watchers since episode one. I'm sure that's accurate for you, Pete. You're the big Walking Dead guy. Oh, yeah. And uh, we decided that we would talk about the finale episode of season seven and kind of look at the show and look at the overview of season seven and give our thoughts on this season. Now, we know that season seven wrapped up uh, a couple weeks ago now, but we probably feel like, like three weeks ago at this point. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, we're big fans. We want to talk Walking Dead. And if there are any people out there that want to hear this kind of stuff, uh, this is something that we may continue to do down the, down the road when Season 8 starts and going forward. So let us know your thoughts. Yeah, we're, uh, we're toying yeah. with the idea of doing, like, a, a Walking Dead-specific show or maybe Sean and I, like, live stream our reactions or something like that to the show. Or, you know, maybe we'll do it as a podcast. So if you have any, you know, input on how you'd most like to receive that show, if you have any interest in that show, let us know in the comments below or write into us any of that stuff. Speaking of which, before we dive into the review, uh, you guys can hit us up all over the social medias. You can hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Comics Pals. You can hit us up on iTunes, where The Comics Pals podcast is a five-star rated podcast, for which we are very proud, and I say it every week on our regular show. You can uh, leave us a star rating there, and you can leave us a comment. You can hit us up on YouTube, where you may be watching this very video, and if you are, please do us a favor and comment. Uh, share this video with your friends, give it a like, and let the people out there know what we are doing. Finally, you can write to us at thecomicspals at gmail.com, and you can let us know what you think about this review. You can let us know who your favorite Walking Dead character is, and why Pete and I are your favorite pals. So, I was talking about this with Kale when we did the um, the last like special episode where we reviewed Kong Skull Island. It was just like... It hurts, man. I feel like I thought Kale and I were the only two had, who no one had ever said that we were their favorites. Has anyone ever said that about you, though? Uh, I don't think so. It sucks, man. It's like all loves from Marco and Phil. They're like the breakout characters. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm cool with that, though. I'm cool with that. Typically speaking, the peop- the person who is the front person who's kind of doing the you know the the leadership deal. We don't get a ton of, you know, people that are into us. Like, people love Raphael. They don't love Leonardo. People That's love Wolverine. True. They don't love Cyclops. I understand. That's fair. And, like, I, w- I was always the opposite. I always, like, was like, dude, that guy's the rock. That's the one yeah. that I want to be. I want to be the backbone. <laughs> that was always my perspective as well. That's why I love Cyclops and everybody hates me for loving Cyclops. Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a Cyclops guy, but you know, we talk about that enough on the main show. We're here to talk about Walking Dead Season 7, all right? That's right. Exactly. <laughs> So we're going to start by kind of talking about the show or season seven overall, giving our impressions of the season, and then we'll dive into a conversation about the last episode specifically. So Pete, I want you to start off just what, what were your thoughts about this season? And if you want to go from, you know, the first few episodes and then maybe the middle and then the last few after the show came back from its break. Sure. That sounds good. Um, yeah, so I guess for just overall thoughts, uh, I like this season quite a bit. Um, I don't think it was the strongest at all by any means. Um, in my mind, that's still season five, I think. But um, you know, I, I think that there's been a lot of a lot of flack this season for the show, and that I'm just really not understanding. You know, even from people who are fans of the show and don't necessarily seem like they have an axe to grind. But um, you know, I, the first episode got a lot of uh, blowback for its gore. I was not a fan of it for different reasons, but we'll talk about that a little bit in a minute. Um, 
Uh, overall, though, I mean, like, I really thought this was a pretty strong season overall for character development. You know, I mean, we saw Rick and uh, and Daryl also, I think, to a, to um, a pretty strong degree, like, force out of their comfort zone. And um, a lot of people have been saying that, like, Negan is basically just the governor again. That really couldn't be further from the truth in my mind. You know, like, I think they've shown that Negan is, like, a far more imposing character, especially because he's not insane. Um, so, I mean, like, I, I think Negan's definitely the best villain that The Walking Dead uh, has managed to to uh, spit out up, up until this point, or even in the comics, like, past this point. Um, so I think Jeffrey Dean Morgan's done a great job bringing him to the big screen, and, um, or I guess the small screen. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, uh, I'd like to get into more of the nitty-gritty, but I'd like to let you give your overall thoughts on the season now. Yeah, so I actually... I really enjoyed this season. Uh, at first, I wasn't sure what to think. Uh, the first episode threw me for a loop a little bit. It was very, uh, very visceral. Um, there was obviously a lot of violence, uh, very intense. It was our first kind of, not our first introduction introduction to Negan, but really getting to see him as a character, see how sadistic he is. For me, I really thought that that stuff gave this gave this season an edge that it was sort of lacking for me last season i felt like okay here's a character who really respects order but the way he arrives at that order is extremely chaotic and which which to me makes him very different than the governor because on the surface with the governor everything was very like nice and the community that they had was very beautiful and the people were living peacefully negan and the saviors are not peaceful at all but there is order and they have made a safe haven for themselves that works for them. It just doesn't work for anyone not a savior. Yeah, anyone um, who doesn't agree with them. <laughs> exactly. But but so I, I, I really enjoyed the first episode. And, and then I thought things got a little slow. Not that that was bad. Because a lot of characters received what I felt like was a lot of great development. You talked about Daryl. You talked about Rick. I want to talk about Eugene. Who I thought evolved a lot this season. And became Absolutely. one of my favorites. Whereas I hated him before. And Rosita I... who... Rosita is actually probably my favorite character on this whole show. I, I'm a re- I really am a big fan of Rosita. I wanna I wanna give a specific shout out um, for both of those characters. First to um, Josh McDermott who plays yeah. Eugene. He is he is a fucking treasure, man. <laughs> I love that actor. He is brilliant, and uh, I I also like to watch The Talking Dead. I watch the show the show live every week, and uh, every time he's on that show, he's just absolutely the best like he's i i find him to be just super charming as an actor um but uh yeah dude like i also really like rosita because in the comics she's kind of a nothing character like she really never got enough development to be particularly compelling and uh i think that i think she's gotten much more mileage in yeah. uh in the show and uh christian uh Serato, serratos i think it is serratos yeah. yep. i'm gonna look that up yeah, yeah, okay, Christian Serratos. Um, I, 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 I'm a big fan of her portrayal of the character, and I don't know if you know this, but do you remember the, the Nickelodeon show Ned Declassified School Survival Guide? No. Okay, well, it might be like a little bit, you're like a little older than me, so it might be like a little before your time, but it was like a live-action show, um, and she played this character on it called Susie Crabgrass. She was like the main, like, love interest kind of 
for for the, the lead character and it's just so funny that those are these are literally the only two roles i know her as and it's, it's like it's quite a stark difference yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i remember like the first time she showed up i was like why do I recognize her? Like, who is this actress? And I looked it up and I was like, Susie fucking Crabgrass! <laughs> the best. The best. Yeah, so I mean, I, I think that this was a big season for character development. Uh, it was slow, but I think that they were building towards something. We got the kingdom out of it, which I really, I really loved that group. I loved Ezekiel. Ezekiel's great. He's such yeah. a fun character, you know? Absolutely. I, I also loved Richard. I don't know, I, I haven't really been on the forums much lately. I don't know how much people have been talking about him, but he was Ezekiel's kind of right-hand man, oh, the guy yeah, that Morgan yeah, yeah. ends up killing. Sure. I really loved his character. Um, I don't know. I thought that they, they gave us a lot of supporting characters this season, and they turned characters who were not that interesting in prior seasons into relatable characters who... Uh, for someone like me who's been watching the show for a really long time, you know, we've had the same characters for quite some time. So to get familiar with some new people, I think the show needed that shot in the arm. And I think that this season will lead into season eight very well, giving us the opportunity to have a fantastic season uh, with season eight. I, I totally agree. And um, you uh, you called out Richard and I wanted to uh... – I wanted to call out. I don't. I don't think that there is a Richard in the comics. I think he's an original character. Um, I might be wrong about that because you know there's so many freaking. Yeah. But at the point that the kingdom and all these characters are introduced, like, yeah. Oh no. Okay, he does have a comic counterpart. I just looked it up. All right. So there is a Richard in the comics. So he's not a good example of what I wanted to talk about. But what I did want to talk about was the characters, um, the original characters that they introduced this season. I thought they did. They did a really good job. Of, uh, of filling out the roster with some new people. Um, especially because it was the first time that I can remember where, like, a character or, like, a group like, um, you know, like the governor, like, a, an established group from the books had significant new blood introduced into it. Um, and the most notable one for me was Simon uh, for the Saviors, who's, uh, you know, Negan's... Um, yeah. One of Negan's right-hand man uh, seems to be, I guess, like, maybe his his closest, um, his closest confidant, I would say, like, or maybe not confidant, but, um, like, his closest general or whatever, opposed to, uh, I guess maybe Dwight, um, and I mean, it seems like he's a little bit, maybe even higher on the rank than him, because, like, he's, you know, the one who's dealing with the hilltop and everything, so, I don't know, but, um, I, I really like Simon as a character, and, uh, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, um, Stephen Ogg, who's the actor who portrays him, he was yeah. also notable for being in Grand Theft Auto Five, uh, a bunch of other. He's done a c- couple different video game characters and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I think they did a really good job of kind of. Oh, and Jerry, Jerry from the Kingdom is another new character who I love. The uh, the big the big Samoan guy. Who, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> who's just like <laughs> the, the like back and forth that him and Ezekiel have is so great. That like Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and speaking of Ezekiel, I, I do want to uh, shout out a particular moment where I really connected with the character. And this is what sold me on him because prior to this moment, I wasn't so sure about uh-huh. him. But it's the moment where I, I believe he's talking to Carol. And he kind of lets lets go of all the you know all the silliness the of him character. being a king. Yeah, he, he lets the character go. And it turns out he's just this regular guy, you know, who's, who's taking this opportunity uh, in this new world to kind of 
you know, become this persona and how he recognizes that it does help people, you know, that this character not only helps people, but it helps him. And, you know, being a big comic book fan and all of that stuff, I was like, hey, you know, I I could definitely see that being something that people would do. Um, And at first it was really weird to me that so many people were into this kingdom business. But once that conversation took place and once you got to see that he was a, a, a guy who really cared, about his people and he wasn't just like hey this is all about me i'm the king you guys bow down i thought that's where they were going to take it having not seen him ever in the comics right right uh, but but to see that that's not where they went i was really happy with the way that that storyline developed oh yeah ezekiel is absolutely one of my favorite characters from the comic for that reason just because like he it's one of those things where it's like such a classic kirkman move where it's like this thing that seems so fucking absurd, but then you're just like, no, you know what? I buy that. Yeah, it's like he was a community theater actor guy who was a zookeeper, and then, like, you know, he is this, you know, like, not necessarily, like, tough, but, like, he he has this, like, crazy look, you know, with, like, the, yeah. the big, huge dreadlocks and this fucking tiger, you know, and it's like he doesn't have to be tough. When it's like, this guy's got a fucking tiger. Like, he's obviously a badass, you know? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it makes sense. Like, I I buy the idea that someone would build up mystique around a guy like that. And that he would just play the character and be the the person that people wanted him to be. And it's like, oh, you know, like, I totally get that idea of, like, why, you know, why would so many people buy into this? But then you see the way that these people live. And, like, they're prospering. And he's a great leader and, like, a kind man, you know? And it's like, why wouldn't you follow that guy? Absolutely. Even if he is like a fucking weirdo or whatever, but it's like, hey, <laughs> hey, it fucking works. Like, it's, uh, I yeah, I had some fear that he would die in the last episode, uh, and I'm really, really glad that they didn't go down that road with him either. I think he'd be around for a while. I think. Yeah, I hope you're right about that. I hope he sticks around because he's one of the new guys who, for me, really was a breath of fresh air uh, throughout this season. Um, let's, let's talk a little bit about the first episode and and we're not going to break this down episode by episode, but I feel like when you're talking about season seven of the walking dead, you really do have to talk about the first episode because of how controversial it was and how it set the stage really in a lot of ways for the rest of the season, especially when you look at the last episode and how many, um, parallels there there were and how important Glenn was in the, in the first episode of the season. And then also in the last one, which we'll we'll talk about a little bit. You know, like I think both Glenn and Abraham, even though they died in the first episode, were definitely a presence that was felt throughout the entire season. And like, I think, um, I think Gimple did a really good job of kind of not hitting us over the head with it, but making you constantly think about it in small ways, because it's Mm -hmm. like, Obviously, there's that first episode where it happens, but then there's also, like, Carol finds out, you know? And then there's, like, Daryl having to come to terms with it with Maggie, you know? There's, like, all these other moments where, or, like, you know, them being buried and that being a contentious thing. And, like, there's all these moments where their death is still, like, hanging over everyone in a way that death doesn't really affect people anymore, you know? Like, people are still mourning this loss, even though people die all the time and people have died since then, you know, like, uh, like we lost Denise and like we, lo- and I, you know, and, um, what's his name? That other, that little prick. Um, <laughs> uh, I can't think of his name. Uh, you know, uh, what's her name? Son. Oh God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know who you're talking about, but I can't remember. 
I can't, can't remember his name. And I, I can't think of her name either, which is killing me. But she's yeah. been dead for a season, so whatever. They all fade into the Captain Janeway. <laughs> Even though it's not the same actress, I don't think. <laughs> but it looks like her. Well, yeah, but but the point you're making is accurate in that on this show, a lot of times death tends to lose its meaning uh, for the characters, but also for us as the viewers. Yeah. And finally, we kind of got some deaths that really kind of hung with us throughout the entire season, and you feel what the characters feel. I mean, yeah, it rattled first, everyone. Right. In the first episode, you you watch as um, Megan brutally murders Glenn and Abraham. And the look of shock on these characters' faces, and then you parallel that with the shock that you're feeling as a viewer because of not only how gruesome it is, but because these are characters that you love. I mean, for me, look like for any fan of the show, Glenn has been around since episode one, right? So that's a big loss. Yeah. Not only to the team, but to to us and and what's going to happen to Maggie and everything else. So not to mention Abraham, who I think is like there, like that um, that trio of characters. I think is the most significant set of main characters that are introduced that aren't the original group. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Abraham, Rosita, and uh, uh, and um, Eugene. Eugene. Yeah, the yeah. three of them are are definitely I think like the most like core characters. I think are there are others obviously, but like I, I don't know like. I feel like they get introduced fairly early in the story and stick around for a very long time. You know, so yeah. we've been with them for like, a, you know, what, three, four seasons now as well? Sure. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Their their death was a very big deal. And like you said, the, the showrunner, Scott Gimple, and the, the writers did a very good job being respectful to them throughout the season and then into the last episode. Um, when we're talking about the first episode... Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Though, Be- sorry before we get off that shock, too, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but... Um, uh, I think the other thing that was really shocking in that moment, right? Because obviously, like you said, it's the death itself is always going to be hard. But uh, I know for me as a viewer, I came into that episode with a certain amount of expectation, right? Because not only did they leave us off on that controversial cliffhanger, um, they had teased Glenn's death for a long time. Yeah. And it's something that happens in the comics. Like, that is the exact same like point where Glenn dies. Is like Negan kills him in the exact same way. The call to Maggie, like, that was, like, a shot-for-shot recreation of Glenn's death in issue uh, 100 of The Walking Dead. But um, with uh, with Abraham, you know, Abraham dies first, and I was like, oh, so I guess Glenn's going to survive. Right. You know? So that was, like, a very – it was a very clever misdirect where, like, it won't ever work again, but that – moment of being like god you know i spent like the first 20 minutes of that episode being like will you just fucking kill one of them already like i waited you know that entire last episode like of of the previous season waiting for someone to die and then spent the entire break between seasons being like who's gonna fucking die i gotta wait another 20 minutes and then they finally kill abraham that was a shock and i'm like okay wow so what does this mean now? Glenn survives. How does that affect Maggie as a character, right? And as I'm thinking about all this stuff, Glenn's dead. It's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And I remember that one really was like, shit. Because I was, you know, so like, okay, we're safe now. You know, like, mm-hmm. and then it was like, no. You know, so it's like I lost two of my favorite characters in that one fucking swing, you know, that one instant, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I totally know what you're talking about. And, and, and I had a similar experience of kind of, quite frankly, um, I, I hadn't loved Abraham, and I only really started to like him 
I want to say like towards the end of of uh, season six, and okay. so when he did when he did die, I was like, okay, this sucks. But in terms of who he, who he could have killed right now, this isn't so bad for me, right? Well, it's also like I feel like that's it's it's okay to accept Abraham's death, especially because of where he was as a character. Yeah, like he stood up and was ready to sacrifice himself for the group. Right. So that was a thing that I think we could have been like a little more comfortable with, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. And but then you know, to be honest, the rest of this episode, it didn't do a ton for me because most of it after that is spent with Rick and Negan and Rick kind of dealing with this. Yeah. You know, the horror of what just happened. It's and, an hour of him just, like, emasculating him. Right, and that was a, that was weird to watch, and, and I didn't really, I, I don't know. It was a little too much for me at that point. I had a, a more uh, sort of distaste for that than I did for the murder that we saw, you know, a few minutes earlier. So I don't know what that says about me. Well, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of people echoed those feelings too and i think that's why the first few seasons of the show like viewership was really dropping off and people were complaining and stuff and i think it's because they didn't want to watch um the the group be subjugated like that you know and it's like but that's like that's part of the story you know it's like that is like the power of negan you know it's like he's the only person that like makes like rick grimes like boot you know yeah. And, like, yeah. that's important to establish that, to show that he's not just another governor. He's not just a uh, a thing that they can... You know, like, everyone always complains about how The Walking Dead boils down to, you know, Rick and company show up somewhere, and, like, they fuck things up, and some bad guys show up, and they fucking kick ass and take over or whatever, and it's like, that's not exactly what happens here, you know? And it's like, if you want to try and boil it down that way, like, you kind of can, because, you know, you can boil down anything in a reductive way if you want to be critical of it. But, um, you know, it's like this is a significantly different experience for these characters, you know? It's like the first the first thing that, like, they try to just physically overcome, and they can't. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they had that confidence uh, going into this whole situation with Negan in Season 6. Where and so did like, we. Hey. Right. Yeah, or, like, the like, viewer hey, should, you know? We, you know, we're the shit. We kick everyone's ass. You know, we survive all this. We're going to go in there, and we're going we're gonna to do what we do. And then they end up going into that compound, and they do have that victory. And you think, okay, well, it's over, and it's so not over, you know? Um, and even th- this season doesn't end with Negan dead. So it's not even over yet. And I feel like this time all out around, war coming up, baby. Yeah, like, this time around... The Walking Dead uh, showrunner and the whole team decided to take a chance and give us something new. And for a lot of fans, it didn't work. But for us, overall, I think it did. So let's, I think we can move on from yeah. the first episode and just kind of talk about um, you know, what comes after. And this is where like the first few episodes I wasn't that into. Uh, we had the, the second episode with Carol and kind of... Her, you know, waking up and regaining consciousness and all that stuff with Morgan. Yeah, her whole arc was, like, really unsatisfying for me. Yeah. It it, it very much felt like they were just kind of, like, trying to put her on ice and get her near the kingdom so that that she could develop a relationship with Ezekiel. Right. You know? And, like, I guess on some level work out the kind of unstable relationship that she had with Morgan. Yeah, and, and and that's fine. But for me, Carol Carol became one of my favorite characters 
um, pretty, like, what, three seasons ago when she kind of started yeah. to become more of a badass. And I really loved where they were taking her. And then to move her off of the board totally for so much of the season yeah. just didn't really do much for me. You know, her being wheeled around the kingdom, all that good stuff, I, I wasn't a fan. But we yeah. did get that one scene that I referenced earlier between her and Ezekiel that I thought was very important for him. But it didn't do much for her. Right. I thought the only episode that was really significant for her as a character this whole season was um, the uh, reunite, um, the the reunion she has with um, with Daryl. Yeah. yeah. Like, that was a really nice tender moment. Um, and like, you know, everybody everybody complains about slow episodes of The Walking Dead, but like, I love episodes like that. You know, like I like the slow character driven episodes. Like those are my favorite issues of The Walking Dead comic. Those are my favorite episodes of the show. Like, those moments are why the big things matter. You know, that's why yeah. you care when someone dies. And I, it's so crazy to me that that's lost on people. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think part of that is due to the way... Th- th- this show gives you a lot of action and it gives you a lot of uh, pulse-pounding moments and a lot of gore and a lot of this and that. And so to go from that to some of the very slow episodes, especially that we got this season. Especially how many they had in a row. Right. I think that's probably what a lot of people were bothered by. I can say for myself that I, like you, enjoy those character-driven episodes for the most part. But I felt like there was too much of it this season. And one of the problems that I have had with the show since fairly early on is that they have a tendency to focus on maybe one or two characters per episode. And I understand why they do that. Yeah. But when they do it too much, not only does it not become special, because the first few times they did that, it was special. But not only does, do we lose it being special, but it sort of it sort of artificially lengthens the season. Because you're only getting to see what's going on with a couple of characters per episode. Right. I, I agree with that. Um, I think, uh, not to like get us off this topic but i think one of the other issues i have with the show specifically is that idea of like artificial length um i don't i like i was really about the whole the first and last episode of every season is an hour and a half instead of an hour yeah but i don't think i think as the seasons have gone on they've made less and less good use of that time agreed you know like this season i think both the first and last episode um are like made a lot weaker by the fact that they're 20 minutes longer or 10 minutes longer or whatever the actual runtime length is when you cut out commercials or whatever. Um, Uh, Yeah. Just because the pacing was not good. You know, like I said, like in that first episode, like you have that 20 minutes of buildup and like it pays off really well that first time, but that will never, ever work again. The next time I watch it, that 20 minutes is going to be a slog, you know? Yeah, I think I think that the point you're making, I don't know if I agree with the last episode, but I think it really shines through in the first one because uh, so much of it is just, you know, a lot of people have used the word or the phrase torture porn. I don't know if I agree with that necessarily. Right, but I don't either. Watching, watching um, Rick get emasculated and all that stuff, I didn't need that to go on for as long as it did. So yeah. I'm confident. The point was made shaved. well before, right. it, you know, like we ran out of episode. They could have shaved 20 minutes here or there in that episode and got to a really tight hour-long affair. And maybe that's the case with the last one, too. Um, but I agree with the essential point that you're making. Yeah, the overall sentiment. I, yeah, I mean, like, my issue specifically with the last episode was um, mostly their treatment of Sasha. 
Um, I thought it was ironic. It very much reminded me of the episode that dealt with her brother's death uh, because I also yeah. thought that episode was bloated and self-indulgent. Um, where it's just like, like, like I love Tyrese. Tyrese is one of the best characters in the comics. Super underserved in the show. Yeah. And, um, like, he didn't need a whole episode to die. And it's like, I feel the same way about Sasha, where it's like, I thought Sasha was going to die, like, two episodes ago. You know? Like, when they did the, they had the assault on the, or maybe it was one episode ago. But, you know, they went and tried to assassinate Negan. She gets captured. We know she's going to kill herself. And then we have an entire episode where we just keep fucking flashing back to her in that coffin. And, like, it was not interesting. You know, it's like, it was like, we got the same moment so many times that, like, it took all the steam out of it for me. And I thought the the flashbacks with Abraham were fine, but, like, I understood what was happening, but within the first flashback. So, like, couldn't we just flash back without going back to the coffin and spending more time listening to the same clip of the song and all this shit? And it's just, like, it just felt so... What could have been a really powerful moment, like, became so repetitive and, like, frustrating. And I didn't feel like the payoff was good because we knew what was going to happen. We knew she we knew she was going to take the pill. We knew she was going to die. We knew she was going to come out of the coffin and attack Negan. So by the time it actually happens, I'm like, all right. Like, again, it just reminds me of the first episode where it's like, just fucking kill her already. And I don't like that because I like Sasha. Sasha was a great character, and I think she deserved a more interesting death than that, you know? Like, not for me to be annoyed that they were taking so much time with it. Well, I I, I mean, I had a very uh, different reaction than you did. Uh, first of all... Hooray! Me, controversy! <laughs> for me, I, I, I don't know if I'm the minority. I have not read what other people have said, but I had no yeah, idea what the hell she was doing in that. Like, I didn't know she was in a coffin... I didn't know what was going on. I wasn't sure if she was just in, in bed or, like, I had no idea what was happening. So, uh, for me, I was I was very curious as to what was going on. I really loved the flashbacks to Abraham and uh, something in particular that she kind of said. He and, They were talking, and this was before, um, I, I can't remember exactly where they placed this scene, but... Uh, they're basically talking, and, and she's telling Abraham, we don't need to go with them. Yeah, because, I, I, w- like, my interpretation of it was that it was a, like, dream of her, dr- like, dreaming about the uh, the day, like, that they left. That's what I thought. For the tr- That's what a- it Go ahead. I, like, I thought it was a flashback to that. Like So, I, I thought it was a flashback, but, like, the way that some of the dialogue played out, like, it seemed as though Sasha knew what was going to happen. And like she was right. trying to convince him not to go so that he wouldn't die. Well, there's a there's a behind the scenes thing that they put up on AMC.com. Okay. And in it they talk about this and they actually say that her saying that, uh, the piece where she says to, to Abraham, Maggie can take care of herself. Right. Or or something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually Greg Nicotero says, and he's the director of the finale episode, he says that that moment for her was a huge moment where she says that to Abraham and then instantly regrets it and it kind of makes her realize what the hell am I talking about right this is it, like this is why we're here this we're here it. to be we're here for each other you know yeah uh, so it definitely did happen but I could understand 
easily why someone might be unsure because of the presentation. You're not even sure if she's slipping in, in and out of consciousness or what's right, going on. Right, right. I mean, I think it could honestly be both. Like, it could be a genuine memory that she's recalling, but it's a dream, so she has the premonition of what is going to happen. Right. Well, yeah, that, that could also be possible. Um, but for me, the the lack of understanding of what exactly was happening, I thought that was okay. Um, I, I also love the fact that she was asking Eugene in the prior episode for a way to kill herself, but she was lying. She wanted a way to kill Negan. Right. She was asking for some type of well, weapon. Well, both. Maybe, right? Like, she, she definitely... You're probably right. I think... What would have happened in her mind is, I kill Negan, they kill me. You know? So, she was committing suicide by murdering Negan. And then Eugene gives her this pill, which of course is a callback to a prior episode where he was being asked by the wives of Negan for uh, some way to kill one of their friends, which actually ended up being a means to kill Negan. Right. And he refuses to do it. So, he gives her this pill... And she's like, well, how do I how do I use this now to accomplish my goal of, of, of harming Negan? And so I love how she came up with this with this way of doing that. It felt ingenious to me. Um, I really liked how it actually worked out and then ended up being the catalyst for the heroes to kind of, you know, turn the tide. But the only criticism that I have of that, of, of what she ended up doing, is that she's very lucky that Negan was the one to open the coffin. Right. Because if it hadn't been him, that would have gone down potentially a different way. Though I guess that would be a huge distraction anyway, no matter who opened it. Yeah, that's true. Um, but and but I, my I, thing is, ahead. like, I don't even know if she necessarily had the thought that she was going to kill Negan. But that at the very least, she couldn't be used against anyone. Because remember, she brokered that deal with him where she was like, only one person has to die. I Yeah, I always when, when she said that to him, I took that as her meaning him. I took that as her meaning her. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I could see it. Yeah, I could see it being read that way. As I mean, well. maybe, maybe it's both. You know, it's like, yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah, for sure. Um, I, I do want to jump back a little bit before we go too much into the finale because I do want to talk about a couple of the other characters and how they progress through the season. And I really want to talk about Daryl because cool. yeah. Daryl had a really interesting arc, I would say. Um, and you, you brought him up earlier. He ends up getting taken to Negan's, you know, well, base. first he gets Glenn killed. Yes, that's true. That's he gets, he gets true. like you know one of his oldest friends killed. I actually forgot that he was responsible for that. One hundred percent responsible. <laughs> like, wow, absolutely. Like Maggie, like gives him a pass on it, but like, like yeah, totally. Like if he didn't do anything, Glenn would still be alive. Wow, you know that's very true. Yeah, so he's dealing with the guilt of causing his friend's death, essentially, and yeah. then on top of that. Being, you know, emasculated, similar to Rick, in Negan's compound. And yep. Dwight, Dwight, I love... legitimately loved... tortured. Yeah, you yeah, know, exactly. Uh, and then Dwight kind of becomes his keeper, in a sense, and I really kind of like that relationship, and I was very much looking forward to uh, Daryl eventually getting out of this and killing Dwight, which we didn't get. I'm interested um, to see where that, how that plays out long-term. Yeah, yeah. Because in the uh, finale, you... he said he was going to kill him, but <laughs> I don't, I don't see that happening. Like I, no? I, I, no, I really don't. I feel like they're going to reconcile during the war somehow. 
man, I don't I don't know about that because, you know, for like Dwight, for example, he was this douchebag for the entire season, although we know that he, you know, he had his girlfriend. Uh, Dwight's some... a douchebag. I don't care. Like, yeah. His, yeah, whatever his fucking, his wife and everything, it's like, it sucks, but like, he's a fucking douchebag. <laughs> yeah, but he, he had, he had some, there's some conflict within him about the things that he does. He's sympathetic, and, but he still sucks. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's what made it easy for me to buy in. When he said, "Hey, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you guys." Towards the end of the season, he comes to uh, Rick and the group, the crew, and he says, "Hey, I, I you know, I want to help you guys. I'm defecting," and they believe him. Now, maybe I watched the episode wrong or, or wasn't paying proper attention, but he absolutely was playing them, right? No. Ah. No, he's legit. Okay. He's one hundred percent legit. Yeah. Um. So. In the episode, I'm like, and granted, like, I, this is definitely, like, me using comic knowledge, and, like, I'm, so, like, there's a chance that maybe I read it wrong because I'm using my knowledge from the books, but I'm confident that it's not that because, um, I, I, I didn't read it that way in the initial scene anyway, but the other thing that happens is, uh, you know, like, obviously the saviors figure out about their plan with the dynamite and everything, and they stop that. At the end of the episode, he leaves a note for Daryl. Um, where like I forget, oh, you're right. it's like on a, it's on something, and he's like he's like I didn't know. You're right. Yeah, he does. Because he still huh. does the tree thing. Like yeah. he he fucks them up. Like he tries to help them out. That's true. So yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't Dwight who sold them out. It was that other group. Yeah, the other group sold them out. Yeah, 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 yeah. The fucking, okay. those fucking trash people. Oh my god, they literally were trash people. I, yeah, dude, I was like, oh my god, you fucking tra- garbage people. You goddamn <laughs> dumpster people. Like, the worst. The worst. I was yeah. so genuinely surprised by that. I did not see that coming. I didn't either at all. I thought that once their deal was settled, I be- I firmly believed that they were in all the way. Yeah, dude. Like, it seemed like, I don't know, like, they just seemed straight up, you know? Yeah. So, like, I, I didn't, you know, like, I didn't assume that they would fucking double-cross them. Or that the saviors would somehow figure out that they existed and then go fucking give them a better deal. Right. You know, I was like, fuck. Like, wow. That was definitely a shock. It was, and I thought that that really added to it because I'm, and, and, and at this point, we're, you know, we're talking about the last episode. Um, for me, I was thinking, okay, they've got the upper hand. How could this possibly go wrong? Because they had an army. Yeah. And then that moment where, you know, the big reveal where they're actually being double-crossed, at that point I was like, well, damn, we're right back at where we were with, with episode one. Yep. Because Negan has control. Uh, these now Negan has more people and more Negan guns. has more people. The Rick and his crew have less people than they even did, and Rick is right back underfoot of Negan. That was my interpretation. That's where this is going. Yeah, but I loved the way that even though there were those parallels, you have this Rick who's extremely defiant, who's not going to be emasculated, who's not going to be you know put down by by Negan, who doesn't even flinch at the threat of Negan killing Carl. You know, and, yeah, and straight up gets shot in the stomach, and it's just like I don't even give a fuck. Yeah, but yeah, no, yeah, that whole that scene with Carl was insane um, because it was one of those moments where I'm just like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how serious Rick is in that moment, right? Like, is he calling Negan's bluff 
to try and show him like killing Carl will accomplish nothing like it won't put me in line and that's his way of trying to save Carl or is it is it is it that and also him being like it like that's actually genuinely how I feel as well you know like I'll be broken by this but you'll just make me you'll make me crazier you'll make me have nothing to lose at that point and I will come for you and I will kill you you know if it's the last thing yeah. I do I'll fucking kill you well you know? I I was I, I was brought back to the conversation that he had with Michonne in a prior episode, the episode where they were alone and like that like carnival kind of uh, place. Yeah. And they're having that conversation where she's like, I can't lose you, where she thought that he had died. Mm-hmm. And she said, I can't lose you. And he's like, yeah, you can. He was like, I can lose you. You can lose me. We can lose whoever because this is not about us. This is about Maggie's child. This is about the future. And so for me, I, I took him – at face value in the sense of he's not worried about him about his life anymore he's not worried about the lives of the people who you know are already grown and who have dealt with all this hell he's worried about the future civilization yeah that's a much that's a much greater concern and like i i believe that um like that motivation for him as a character but i don't believe that he doesn't care about the other people around him you know no, i don't think he doesn't care i just think that that is not like a, before, like a death won't end him. Before the show was about the survival of the characters that we could see on screen. Now it's about you know Maggie's child. It's about the relationships. It's about civilization. That are gonna, yeah, that are going to bring children into the world. It's about the future, and I think that that is that's an important growth yeah. for Rick. It's bigger than him and his group. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and speaking of the relationship between Rick and Michonne. Uh, this is a very, you know... Yeah, we didn't, like, bring that up. Um, yeah. So, I'm wh- so into that. Okay. Yeah, so into that. Um, in the comics, uh, I, I, I'm trying not to get too into spoilers for the comics. Like, I, I did mention the thing about Glenn, but that's pretty well known, I think. So, yeah. I'm trying to stick to stuff like that. But in the comics, um, Rick ends up with Andrea. And obviously, Andrea is dead um, and was terrible in the show. But um, <laughs> uh, she's, like, a great character in the book. But, uh, and Michonne and him are just, like, best friends, and now it's kind of, like, more, uh, it seems as though Michonne has taken that role, that Andrea role for him, and Carol is more that, uh, you know, best Best friend friend or, like, you know, like, whatever, person that they have that, like, mutual admiration with. Uh, and Michonne actually has a relationship with Ezekiel in the books, so. Oh, wow. So that's, you know, pretty... Uh, pretty slick uh, trade-off there. But um, I like it. You know, I, I think um, I really like their dynamic because what I – it's it's like the same reason that I like the idea of, like, superheroes having relationships with, this, with other superheroes. Like, I like the idea of, um, of Rick being in a relationship with someone that he sees as, like, his equal, not someone that he has to protect. Right. You know? Yeah, I, I do think that's very important. Like, Michonne is definitely more capable than Rick. Yeah. You know, like, no question. Like, he knows that, she knows that. In the, in the episode, it's like, you go kill those ten, I'll kill that one. You know, like, and so it's like, I love that because I think it's it's cool because it's not only, like, a good look for just, like, I like power couples, you know? Like, especially in this world, like, having two people like that together at the helm of your society is, like, a good way to go. <laughs> um, but it's also just, like... I don't know. 
it's cool to me because it, it speaks to what I value in strong, uh, quote-unquote, strong male protagonists, right? Is that, like, I like that Rick is a strong, traditionally masculine guy in a lot of ways, but that he doesn't have the shitty, traditionally masculine traits that you also associate with, like, men or male characters, right? Like, it's not he's not emasculated by his partner being more physically imposing than him, you know? Right, yeah. Yeah, like, he's absolutely. not intimidated by her, you know? Like, that's, like, uh, that's a important kind of um, portrayal, I think, for for strong leading men, in my mind, mm-hmm. you know? Is to, uh, is to have characters that are, um, I don't want to say, like, progressive in that way, but, like, that's the shorthand to say what I'm trying to get across, you know what I mean? Yeah, just, I mean, he's, he's accepting of the fact that he has strengths and so does she, and that... Yeah. You know, that's it. It's just he's and, not coming at it in any kind of way, you know? Like, right. It just is what it is. It doesn't cross his mind. Um, for me, I at first, I didn't care for it. Um, I, I, I don't know. I kind of wanted Michonne to be alone. But I think she needed to develop into a person who could kind of come out of her shell. And, and I think we saw a lot of that uh, last season. And become more of a character and grow from her grief. And I think yeah. in that regard, they're both in similar places sure. where, you know, in a lot of ways, Rick has just kind of been surviving since Lori died because his family died pretty much. He's left with two of his kids, but, you know, he lost his wife. That was a, a massive, a massive problem for him. And so he never even got the opportunity to properly grieve her. So he, they both kind of come out of that grief together. And what we have is, at least in my my opinion, a really interesting relationship. I love the fact that they're both extremely powerful characters in a world like this. And you know, I, I pretty much um, agree with everything you said about their relationship. I was afraid that she was actually going to die uh, this season. Uh, and, that that yeah. was the thing where, like, that's also a moment from the comics. Like, a similar kind of thing happens. Uh, but with Andrea instead, and I was just like, oh, God, I really hope that's what's happening. Because I, I was very concerned. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's it like that moment of just being like, Jesus Christ, please, please just be the thing from the books. Please just be the thing. From- okay, she's fine. Good. <laughs> right. Like, you know, in the last episode where she kind of, she gets into that fight with one of the trash people. Uh, do they, have, a, do they have an official name? I don't, I don't, I don't care. They're trash people. That's what they're officially <laughs> called on this show. Those fucking trash people. And it's fucking trash people. You gotta say the whole thing. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, oh, they're actually called the scavengers, by the way. Okay, the scavengers. Yeah. So, when she's fighting with that scavenger, uh, No, I fucking thought... trash person, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave that to you. I, I thought <laughs> that she was a goner, and it was weird to see Michonne in a in a position where she was not, you know, not easily handling this battle. You yeah, know, not typically physically dominating an opponent. Right. Uh, so, but I'm glad she came out on top in the end. Hell yeah. Um, we survive. I, yeah. I want to. I want to talk about, and then I and then I want to just have a full blown kind of. Our impressions of the final episode. Wait, but real I wanna... quick, before yeah. we get off that, I do want to say one more thing about Michonne. Sure. Um, sure. Uh, the thing that is something you touched on earlier, and I didn't want to interrupt, but um, I I agree with you. Where like I think I think the reason that her being in a relationship is so important because I think I, I, something I'm really against is I think a lot of people 
are very critical of like powerful female characters um, having romances because they think it's like in some way like cliche or something like that, right? Or that it's like oh like every woman like needs to be in a relationship to be satisfied or whatever. And it's like I think that's super sexist. I think everyone needs to have relationships in their life to be satisfied, and not necessarily romance, but like you need to have people. You know, like, and that's, like, what the, that's what The Walking Dead is all about. And, like, I think Michonne as a character is, like, obviously opened up a lot since we met her. But I think specifically her relationship with Rick and Carl has always been really strong. You know, and that, like, um, they went from being, like, best friends and having, like, mutual respect and admiration to each other to, like, having that blossom into what I think is, like, a really natural romance. You know, she has a really close relationship with his son. Um, you know, they've been together for a long time. Like, they care about each other. Um... And again, like, they're both attractive, powerful people. And I don't even just mean, like, like that they're physically attractive. Like, I, I, it makes sense why anyone would be attracted to them. You know, yeah. like, they're, you know, like, 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 Rick's basically the fucking leader of the new world. And, you know, like, Michonne is, like, undoubtedly, like, the most, like, fucking, like I said, like, physically imposing person that I think we've met in the show. You know, Absolutely. I think one-on-one she can probably kill anybody. You know, like, it's like, uh, so, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just think it's like, it was a development I wasn't expecting because of how, um, friendly their relationship is in the comics and was in the show. But I, it was, it was something that I think ended up surprising me, but, but like feeling really appropriate. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I want to, I want to talk about Negan and all of the Negans, because for me, Negan's the that, best. He's yeah. such a good character. Like he, like I love to hate him. You know, right? Like Jeffrey Dean Morgan brings. This is how Negan should be. You know, and I think Jeffrey Dean Morgan was the perfect actor to bring this character to life. I think he did an excellent job with what he was given. A lot of people have been very critical of the Negan character. I think that some of that is appropriate, especially in the earlier episodes. But Jeffrey Dean Morgan has done the best job he possibly could with the material at every every turn, in my opinion. I agree. But what I, what, what I wanted to talk about was the way that sort of every character who's, who's indoctrinated into this world considers themselves to be Negan. And that's not to say that they're delusional and they think they actually are him. It's just that that's how lockstep in line with him they are. You know, they're all one person. They're all Negan. They would all act the same way in any in any situation. And that's why, for example, when, when that guy, whose name I can't remember, tries to uh, rape Sasha. Oh, and I don't think he has a name. Yeah, he might not have. And and Negan ends up just... He, oh, it's like Dave it or something. It was yeah, Dave! Yeah, it was yeah. Dave! <laughs> He's um, like, he's like, oh, Dave! Like, yeah. <laughs> that moment, like... he's like, I, he's like, I'm sorry, and then Negan just stabs him in the neck, and he's like, your apology is not accepted. I, uh, I do that moment, like, your apology is not accepted. It's just, yeah. Uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is fucking nailing it, man. Absolutely. And like, but, this Negan is a little different than the comics uh, uh, for for a few reasons, but like in ways that are super appropriate, I think. And a yeah. lot of it is, I think, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's like the way he plays the character. Right. Well, I think that, the, like, when he kills that guy, it, sh- it sort of, and his relationship with Sasha actually sort of showed me a different side of him. Only because he definitely has certain rules and certain ways that he still is in line with what we consider to be moral today. 
You know, yeah, he, like, has he, a, he has a he has a moral code. Yeah, he doesn't believe in rape. He doesn't believe in you know, just like he has wives, but he's not raping them. Like yeah, you know for. And, like, yeah. I, I think so. I would like to say, like, I agree with you, um, but I do think some people would, like, contend that it's rape in that situation. Because, like, obviously, like, they're not all willing, but they did all agree to be there. And, like, but they are now there for fear. But I think in his mind, he's not raping them because they're free to leave. Right. Yeah. You know? and, and, like, and, and, and I believe also, that. you know, we have to keep in mind this is not our society, you know, like. Yeah. It's it's it works differently there. I don't think that these women are kept in the sense that he abuses them or or maybe won't let them leave. I and think they're not probably... like chained up or anything, you know. Right. It's like yeah, so it, it's it's definitely like it's a gray area. Like I think that yeah. like you can they're definitely being coerced into sex, um, but like it's not it's not rape in the way that he sees as being evil because he gave them a choice. Right. You know, he asked them if they wanted to do this and they agreed. You know, and like now they are in this weird power place with the person who's like a scary, scary leader, and like yeah. that's an uncomfortable place to be. But like you put yourself in that situation. He didn't come like snatch you out of your room and make you his wife. You know, essentially, yeah. That's that's how I that's how I come at it. But I I look at it also like in terms of um, the way that everyone is Negan. When you're not Negan, and you're outside of that, and you're not living within the moral code that he deems to be appropriate. You're dead immediately. And I think that, that that's there's some interesting meat there regarding society in terms of, you know, is there a proper way for us to be and how do you handle people who are not that? You know, and in our society we throw people in jail and we, you know, marginalize them. In Negan's world, he just murders them. And yeah. Or you know, or like maims them or something. You or, know, yeah. like does something to put them back in line. He teaches them an extreme lesson about their behavior and i think that it's clearly effective uh so right and i mean like i think his philosophy makes sense in this yeah. world because like he he regularly says like he doesn't take pleasure in doing these things he's not a sadistic person you right. know um and i and i believe that uh i i don't think he's a sadistic person i don't think he's someone who uh necessarily revels in in killing or in or in violence per se um not that he doesn't enjoy it when he does it, you know, I think that's clear on some level as well. Uh, not that, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, you know what I mean? Like, it's not that he goes out of his way to inflict violence, but that when he does play that character that he gets into it on some level. I can't recall any situation where he killed someone for no reason. Right, that's the point. Like, he's not yeah. a bloodthirsty person, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And I think, right. like, the point that he's trying to establish is, like, he's trying to keep order. He's trying – or he's trying to establish order. And in his mind, in this world, the only way to do that is through violence and fear. And yeah. I, I think that's a fairly like, – as you, as you said, it's a fairly legitimate tactic. You know, like – Yeah, uh, like, it's, it's horrible. And it's not morally it, correct, but it works. But he's he, – we got to figure, right? This is, this is probably years in. You know, the, the years have passed since. Yeah, I think I think the show is officially like two or three years into the apocalypse. Anyone who's still alive has done something right, and especially and, and something wrong. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. And and that's that was actually a big thing in the prior season, and and it and it definitely trickled into this one where it's like, okay, everybody here, you know, in 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 Rick's world has had to do something terrible to stay alive, or. And, or someone who's done that is keeping them alive. 
Right. And Negan is the kind of the paragon of that. He is like where that could go. He is like Rick's dark, dark, uh, He's he's his funhouse mirror. How everyone says Joker is that for Batman, I feel like in a lot in a lot of ways Negan is that for Rick. You know what though? It's interesting because like I think that's true on some level, but I actually don't think it's that black and white. I you know because I honestly I don't think that Rick is that much different than Negan. Like I think, I, I don't think that you know like I their philosophies for how to lead are very different, but I I their goals are not dissimilar at all. Yeah. You know, like, Negan's goal is to establish order. It's to establish society. And this is the means to an end that he thinks is correct. Right. And I and I don't... I don't think that... I don't think it's that stark. I don't think the difference between them is that different. You know? I think Rick holds moral high ground in our minds in a lot of ways because he's the leading character. You know, like, we, we empathize with these people. So the things that they do... Uh, when they do things that are bad, we justify them, and I don't think that the things that Negan's doing are on that same level because I don't think that Rick would beat someone's head in with a baseball bat to scare them. But I mean, Rick has has had has made similar displays of power to scare people into not hurting them. You know, like you can look at season five and the way that they like br- like brutally fucking murdered, uh, or not murdered, but. You know, killed, revenge killed, I guess, the um, the termites, you know, the cannibals. Yeah, I, I guess I would just... I like, think that wasn't... That didn't need to happen, you know? It, it didn't it didn't need to happen, but I think... I think you, you, you have a point, but ultimately when you're talking about the difference between, you know, how, for example, Rick handled the situation with the Oceanside people and how Negan would have handled it, Yes. That's where the key difference is coming. Yeah, right. Stuff like that. But again, like, Rick isn't above doing that, though. And I think if they were actually polar opposites, he would be. You know what I'm saying? I think he is above killing all those people. He is above killing all those people, but he's not above going into those people and physically intimidating them to take their stuff because he needs it. And if somebody attacked them and he needed to kill them, I think they would have. I think, but that's the key, right? Like, the need. But we also we agreed that Negan doesn't kill people unless he needs to as well. I said Negan has never killed someone without a reason. I didn't say he needed to kill them. Uh, that's fair, but I would argue from his perspective, he believes he needs to kill them. Right, but that that's what creates the difference. Everybody's sure, the hero sure, in their mind. Sure, and I, yeah, right. But again, I mean, a good villain is the hero in his own story anyway. Yeah. Um, but that's, I guess, wh- what I'm arguing is that I think Negan and Rick are both a lot closer to the middle than people would like to think. Okay. I don't think um, Negan is as evil as as people project onto him, and I don't think Rick is necessarily as good as people project onto him. And not I, I believe Rick is a truly good character. Um but I think he's realistically good. You know? He's not this pure white knight of a hero because you can't be. And like and keep yeah. your people alive or even keep yourself alive. You know, yeah. he realizes that to live another day and fight the good fight, you've got to do some unscrupulous shit. I, I also think and then we can talk about the finale more, but I also think that leading up to his meeting with Megan, Rick was going down 
a, a potentially bad road. When you look at how he handled the community that they were all staying at, I can't remember what it was called. Uh, Alexandria? Um, yeah, yeah, Alexandria. Um, when you look at how he handled Alexandria when they first he got there. He gunned a man down in the streets. Right. <laughs> you know, like... he, he was going down a road where even Michonne was uncomfortable with what he was doing. There was a, a lot of questions. And I look at Negan as, hey, this is what you could be. You know, oh, right. Like, I think I think Rick is one bad day away from being Negan. I think I think he was. I don't think he is anymore because I think seeing the brutality of Negan yeah. is showing him like, okay, this is the line. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. But I, I guess like where he was last season when we were yeah. talking about right. Because yeah. like he was ready to fucking kill everyone and take over the community. Yeah, he was a little crazy to. at that time. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um Yeah, man, you know, I, I guess that's all. All I'm trying to say, yeah, um, is I, I think that they're a little closer together than than we'd like to think. Yeah. But I think that's what makes them interesting. It is, and that's why every time they're on screen together, except maybe that first episode, it's been It's you know, fucking electric. Yeah, yeah, it's electric as fuck, man. Well, and, you know, like, I think that's what's so cool about Negan is, like, I really think, like, he is, uh, if, if not a mirror in the same way that the Joker is, I think he's, like, a perfect foil for Rick. Yeah. You know, definitely. So let's let's just have a, a conversation about the last episode before we jump out of here. What were your impressions? What's your overall take on the season finale of season seven of The Walking Dead? Um, I thought it was fine. I, I didn't think it was their strongest season closer, um, but I didn't I didn't think it was was bad by any means. Uh, and even saying fine is probably coming down on it a little hard. I think it's one of those issues where like. I think the things that are bad about it are so obviously like sticking out that it feels a little bit more e- uneven than it actually was. Um, but that being said, I thought the conclusion of the episode and um, and again like that that really cool plot twist with those fucking garbage people, uh, that and then coupled with the end battle and like the arrival of the kingdom and everything. That was just fucking jam-packed with moments that I was dying to see, you know? Yeah. Um, I meant to bring this up earlier, actually, a couple times, because uh, the whole thing with Negan stopping the rape and everything. So I wrote an article uh, a while back, it's like a week or two now, uh, for CBR about 15 things I hope make it to The Walking Dead. And that was one of them. And then it happened the week I was writing the article, and I was like, fuck! I, have, I was just about to turn this in tonight, and I gotta change it! <laughs> uh, so I had I, I to switch it up a little bit. Um... But, uh, yeah, like, the, um, the, the usage of, um, Ezekiel and the kingdom and, and Sasha, or not Sasha, um, Shiva was just, like, great, you know? Like, finally getting that moment, um, of just them rolling in and, like, that, like, oh my god, it's a fucking tiger, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, oh my god, man. And then, um, specifically, like, my favorite moment in the entire episode was just that that scene with Ezekiel where he like he he's got the gun and he's just shooting people. And he's just like Alexandria will not fall today. And it's just like <laughs> fuck yeah, man, you're goddamn right it won't. Kingdom rolling in, <laughs> just cleaning shit up. And then you know the hilltop comes and everything. And it's just like man, like I am so excited for where where season eight is gonna pick up. You know? Yeah. Whereas, like, season seven, like, I was dreading that moment. I'm so hype on this one, you know? Yeah, and they've they've said, uh, I believe it was Gail Ann Hurd said that the next 
or that the season premiere of season eight would knock our socks off. And, you know, of course they have to say that, but based on where this episode left off, I don't see why it wouldn't. No, yeah, I mean, we're gearing up for something fun. You know, like, yeah. this is going to be a hell of a season, man. Uh, All Out Wars is a really fun storyline, and um, I can't wait. I can't wait to see it. And, uh, yeah, man, I mean, I think similar to the spread from season five to season um, six, I feel like we're, I feel like The Walking Dead goes through kind of, like, ebbs and flows of, like, seasons of building and then seasons of, like, um, delivering yeah. on, on, like, on that build. And, like, that's that's Kirkman's style as a writer, you know? And, like, that's what I like about his writing. And if that doesn't speak to you, then, like, you're not going to like The Walking Dead uh, or Invincible for that matter. But, um, I mean, like, that is what, like, now, like, season eight is going to be nothing but probably delivery, you know? Like, it's just going to be hope. nonstop, like, high-octane shit. And, like, that's exciting. And, yeah. like... It, you know, season six was very broken up. We kind of had the Hilltop storyline, the ex- Alexandrian storyline, and the the Kingdom storyline, and now they're all going to be together. You know, like, we have the whole gang, and, like, that's going to be something else. You know, like, these episodes are going to be pretty cool, I think. Yeah, and, and that's something that I really enjoyed about this last episode was seeing these groups finally converge, finally come together, and unify against Negan. Uh there are some interesting questions that have to be answered. Who's going to lead this uh, coalition? Rick. Is it, is, hopefully, right? Is it a long-term thing, or is it just going to be to stop Negan and then break up again? There's a lot of questions. But um, as far as my take on... I'm so excited um, for you, Sean. This, <laughs> I'm so excited for you. Uh, as far as my take on this last episode, I I had a great time with it. I really, really enjoyed it. I thought that... Uh, every all the actors gave phenomenal performances. Agreed, and that's something that I think you know not enough people are talking about with this season. I think there was a lot of great acting. Yeah, man, um, for real. Especially like shout outs. He's always a phenomenal, but Andrew Lincoln as yep. Rick Grimes is just he is such he deserves an award. I like I and I genuinely mean that. You know, like yeah. for best leading man on television, what like Golden Globes or whatever that is. Yeah, I don't know, but uh, yeah, man, like. Or maybe it's the Emmys. I think that's it. That's the big one. Um, but, dude, like, he just – he shows so much range. You know, like, mm-hmm. to see him go from that that lowest point for that character to now this, like, the leader of this army is going to be triumphant as fuck. You know, like, yeah. I'm so ready for that because yeah. of the building we had here, you know? And Definitely. so many characters in that position. You know, like, Morgan – has a has a story arc that's been building for over a season that's been really satisfying every time they've dealt with it and it's finally coming to a head you know like hit the, the episode that uh i mean the morgan episodes are actually generally among my favorite the one he had last season that was focused on him is one of my favorite favorites of the show and this one was another one of my favorites where uh, we had the death of his apprentice and you know him killing uh richard and yeah and all of that you know all of that the the demolishing of of his belief system in a lot of ways uh is just like i've been waiting for this for so long but it never felt like just do it already you know which is the thing i've said a couple times now and like you know i I just i love that character i love lenny james the actor uh, who portrays him and um you know him carol daryl rick maggie you know uh fucking rosita Eugene, all of these characters are now in a place where they have arcs that have been building and are are, are at a head, are not even coming to a head, are there. Yeah, you know, and absolutely, it's, and it's do or die. 
you know, and like that is that is going to be exciting. That is going to be palpably exciting, man. Yeah, and and so to to wrap up uh, my thoughts on this uh, episode, I I think I'm probably a little higher on it than you are, maybe because I watched it more recently. Um, yeah, I've had time I, to kind of stew. Yeah, I I really I really enjoyed the way they built to the you know the finale and the kind of like. That final last, confrontation. Yeah, the the final confrontation. I really I really thought that that was brilliantly done. I loved the the last minute save by the kingdom and 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 Shiva and everything like that. Uh, my girl Shiva. I was just, sorry. I said my girl Shiva. <laughs> <laughs> I was just really impressed with um, this whole episode, and then just you know the at the very end of it, where you know the. Um, where Negan and, and the Saviors are on the run, and then we get that last kind of monologue from Maggie, where she talks about Glenn and how this is all because of Glenn and, and how he's the reason why they're all together, how it's about family. That really resonated with me. It really touched home, and it gave his death weight, and it gave his death, it gave him a proper send off that I feel like that character deserved after how relevant he was for all this time. And I'm really happy that that's how they chose to end it. Yeah, man. I mean, Glenn is definitely uh, a really special character. I He's definitely, like, uh, him and then to a much lesser extent Tyrese are the two characters that I miss the most. Yeah. You know, like, and you don't miss a lot of people, you know, because, again, like, death is so common in this book. And it's like you say goodbye to people and you accept it, you know. But, like, Glenn was a really special character for sure. Yeah. I, I miss Lori, but that's a story for another day. Uh, I like I like Lori. I think Lori gets a lot of flack. Um, yeah. But do you do you have any final thoughts, final comments before we send this off? Uh, final thoughts. Um, solid season. I don't. I think like I think when we come back for whatever the show's going to be called, I'd like to maybe do like an official ranking or something of the seasons um, because I think this is I think this is right in the middle. You know, like, it was a solid season, it wasn't fantastic, but I was never upset with it. I enjoyed every episode, um, definitely, and, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm really excited for where season eight is gonna pick up, and where this, this season put us, and I think the thing that I'm most looking forward to, aside from the whole gang being together, is we have the opportunity for some character pairings that we haven't gotten in a long time, and that we've actually never experienced as well. Right. You know, like, Jesus you know, is definitely a part of the core group now, but he doesn't really have a close relationship with a lot of the people that I think of as being the core group. So him getting more face time with characters like Rick or Daryl or, uh, or, um, or Morgan, you know, like, uh, or, you know, whoever, like getting to see those, uh, getting to see Carol reunite with everyone who she hasn't seen now for an entire season and getting to, to mourn the loss of their friends and everything like that. And, you know, like there are so many, uh, really satisfying character moments ahead of us, and that's what I'm excited for because that's what The Walking Dead's all about. Yeah, absolutely. And um, for me, I pretty much resonate with everything you said. I'm really excited to see the you know all out war, as you said, uh, between these characters. I think that's going to be really interesting. I'm glad that Negan is still alive. You know, I think there was a lot of meat left on that bone. And so I just, I'm really excited to see what they do. As far as this season, I think this was a really enjoyable season overall. Definitely a setup season in a lot of ways, but 
you know, almost as good as you can get when you're when you're when you're building for the future, right. as they definitely were with this season. And so, uh, yeah, for me, I I'm, I'm just really looking forward to the future. Me too. So could not agree more. Yeah. Uh, With that, we are going to wrap this up. Uh, If you enjoyed this conversation, definitely do let us know uh, in the comments on YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube, let us know. You can also let us know on social media. You can hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at The Comics Pals. You can also leave us a comment on iTunes and a five-star rating would be great. We really appreciate that. Uh, Referring back to YouTube, you can leave us a like, share, subscribe. All those things are super important. The most important thing you can do to support this podcast is to let people know that it's out there. We really, really appreciate that. And if you want more specials like this, let us know because we are ready, willing, and able to do them. Uh, So with that being said, I am Sean. And for Pete, we are signing off. Take care, guys. Sorry about that. I was like, I had to pee for like 20 minutes. <laughs> uh, okay, so plugs. Oh, okay. That's fine. Uh, is it like a really natural end point? Okay. Um, yeah, whatever. I'll just pick. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Oh, did you, did you like say that I ran off? Okay. Yeah. Bye. I'll just splice that in. That's fine.